Welcome back, dear listener, to yet another episode of the Through the Banner podcast. My name is Casper McLeod. If you didn't know, now you do. And joining me today is Michael Van Dorsa. Now, dear listener, before we start, I just want to say there is a tiny bit of a delay in between our answers. So you may notice it on the call, hopefully not. But if you do, just a heads up. MVD, how are you? Good, thanks, Casper. I'll tell you what, it, uh, technology works wonderful when it actually does work, doesn't it? Um, but uh, the things we can do to try and make things work properly. Absolutely. Now, dear listener, if you have never listened to uh, an episode before, first off, welcome to the Through the Banner podcast. It's great to have you on board. Uh, basically, it's a an AFL podcast split into three sections. Section one, me and my co-host for this uh, for the week, in this case, Michael Van Dorser, going to go over our top two lowlights and top two highlights of the round that's just been. In the second part, we discuss the four major talking points to come out of the weekend before previewing the next round of matches to come in the final section. So let's get straight into part one MVD. And I want to ask you, what are your top two highlights of the weekend that's just been round eight? Well, I think we're starting to figure out who are actually the challenges and for season 2021. It's awesome as it's currently sitting, which is uh, Melbourne on top, Bulldogs, Port Adelaide, Geelong, Brisbane, Sydney, West Coast, Richmond. Is it going to change? Yes, because there's probably a lot of players, a lot of sides that are still in the hunt there. That is for sure. So looking forward to it, um, but not answering your question in that respect. The highlights of the week. Look, I can't go past uh, 63 point winners over last year's uh, premiers. What an absolutely amazing, amazing game of football. And uh, what is for that from Geelong? They were fantastic uh, in that game, especially after halftime. Great job by then. Uh, I want to say Sydney Stacks, Mark, as being a, uh, a highlight of the week. But I think uh, Sydney Stacks going to feature in something a little... It was, it was a ripper, Mark. Let's be honest. Fantastic. But I'm going to get single another game out, and that was the uh, St Kilda Gold Coast Suns game. Didn't get to watch a great deal of it, but uh, another... Uh, chapter in their um, rivalry that is going to match uh, game didn't get much higher than 19 points to either side but I'll tell you what what a game that has ended up being uh, between uh, coming through and coming strongly in regards to it what were your two highlights Casper just on the Gold Coast Suns St Kilda rivalry which you just mentioned uh it's really interesting i read i believe it's now five games in a row that it's been decided the margin between these two teams have been decided by single uh 
single digits. That is absolutely incredible. What a streak. Could we be seeing the next Geelong versus Hawthorne? Can it Kurt stretch? Maybe. And sorry, MVD, for bringing that up. I know you're a Hawthorne fan. Uh, but who knows? We could be seeing part two of uh, of the Kenneth Curse, the uh, Gold Coast. It's all right. <laughs> uh, on to the top two highlights for me. I also have to mention Geelong. Uh, yes, I'm starting to believe that they can challenge for the top four. It was a spectacular turnaround. And as a, if, if you're a Geelong supporter, you must be thinking, man, revenge is sweet. And I know it's not the same as winning a grand final, but when you've lost two finals to a team in the previous two seasons, the prelim final in 2019 and the grand final in 2020, after leading at halftime in both games and then conceding, I believe it was eight goals in the uh, second half of the 2019 prelim final and nine goals in the second half of last year's grand final to then turn around and do that to Richmond must have been an awesome feeling. So full kudos to you, Geelong. My second highlight, Melbourne. They continue to stand up to every single challenge thrown at them. And the Swans challenged them. As a Swans supporter, I was really proud of how the Swans came back. And Melbourne just, uh, once again, they, 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 they conquered another team, 8-0, an incredible start to the season for the Ds. And it should be mentioned as well that the Swans are a team that Melbourne has tradition, well, traditionally the last 10 to 11 years or so, really struggled to beat. And so the fact that they beat them on a wet night, miserable night in Melbourne, it was a fantastic effort. Their last win against the Swans at the MCG, NVD, was in 2010. So full kudos to the Demons. I thought it was a great effort. On to the top two lowlights of round eight. I'm going to start with this one, MVD, if that's all right. Uh, I've got to say this. My top two lowlights, number one. Well, it must be Sego, Casper. Yes, MVD. Uh, sorry, I think uh, uh, the 1954 season, I think, was the last time that uh, Melbourne finished. Uh, Melbourne started the year 8 no. So wow. if I'm not mistaken or no it might have been some other time maybe not no it might have even been 19 when did melbourne last win the flag let's go with that 1957 64 58 no 64 anyway i've heard throughout the week that melbourne started oh and eight uh eight sorry eight and no um throughout the year so we'll see how that one goes well, uh, I am going to do some fact-checking, put my journalism skills to good use on that statistic there, MVD, just to, just to double-check. But while I do, I'll get on to my top two lowlights, and I've, I'll start off with this one. Carlton, what an absolute disaster of a game that was. Mid, five minutes to go in the third quarter, they were sitting pretty with a 27-point lead. Tell me, how on earth... Do you suffer a 43-point turnaround in just over a quarter? That is something I do not understand. I do not understand. And Carlson supporters might think, well, hey, Casper, you're an Essendon supporter. What happened in round one against Hawthorne? And know what I say to you? We're not meant to be challenging for the finals this year. You guys are supposed to be playing finals football this year. And yet again, you have proven that you are not ready for it yet. 
What an absolute disaster of the last quarter for Carlton. Just absolutely horrible. On to the second low light for me, Willy Rioli. Now, uh, whatever opinion you may have on marijuana and whether or not it should be legalized, the fact is that it is not in most parts of the country. So the fact that he got caught at Darwin Airport, I believe, and I am just going to 100% double check this, just so I'm not saying anything slanderous, reported by the ABC, he will face, uh, uh, he will face a court in Darwin for the alleged possession of cannabis. So the alleged possession of cannabis. I want to say this, it's alleged possession of cannabis. If, keyword, if this is true, then I think that he deserves a mention on the uh, low lights section for this week. Because, and look, right, I understand, I don't know him, and I'm not saying he does, but I understand that if someone has a problem, that it's difficult to overcome. I totally get that. But for me, as a football supporter, I'm just looking at the situation and I'm thinking, I'm thinking he's got to either wisen up or if he does need help, then he needs to get help. Because frankly, whether or not someone thinks that we should be legalized or not, the fact is it's not. So it's against the law. And as a footballer, as a public person, whether or not you agree with the law, you've got to be better than that because you have, you have, you're, you're a role model. You have people looking up to you. You have kids looking up to you. And I'll be saying the exact same thing is if it was someone else you know, with, 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 another, with another substance, whether it was cigarettes or, 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 or alcohol, whatever, okay? So for me, really, really, my second low light of the weekend. How about you, MBD? What's your two low lights of the weekend? Well, I've kind of flagged it a little bit before in regards to uh, Shea Bolton and the way he started the week. And I was so ready to wrap him up and pump him up in regards to uh, how well he did. But then to come out in the last couple of days and have the issues that he has had, um, I just don't understand why you need to do it in regards to it. And of course, uh, I'm just trying to get the, uh, the link up here um, as we speak. But the night, the nightclub in, incident, um, from such a great high of that mark of the year, to being brought back down to earth with a literal thud, um, having a, injuring himself with a fractured wrist at a nightclub, um, just. I, I understand it was in the and reading the afl.com.au. Uh, website it says Richmond believed Riol uh, he was there with Daniel Rio teammate Daniel Rioli and whose girlfriend was subjected to inappropriate behavior um, I understand that side of it but 
that's just got to be one of those frustrating things, doesn't it? The fact that you've gone and done such a great job on the Friday night and then to be in a spot where you need to be putting yourself in harm's way. It's not great. I mean, it's not great for both parties Parties in regards to both Bolton and also Rioli. And he's, I, I just don't like it. And the, the, I don't like seeing about seeing it. I don't like hearing about it. It's not great for anyone uh, in that respect as well. Uh, so that would be my number one low light. My number two, and it might be a bit more local and all that, but the abuse of umpires and the abuse of uh, players just needs to stop. I'm getting sick of picking up papers, local papers, Herald Sun, and seeing people are getting uh, just teeing off at the way umpires are. The umpires make a call in, in a, the way things are. They, they've got a split. And if they make the call the right way, they get they don't get anything for it. But if they make the call the wrong way or what we're perceiving to be the wrong way, they get hounded for it. This has gone on for far too long, and it needs to stop. So neither of them are, neither of them are a game, but uh, I think it also comes down even locally. Like people just need to stop talking and stop abusing people, and just be nice about it. The way things go. I agree with you there, MVD. At the end of the day, and I love footy. You love footy. If you dear listener listening to this, you probably love footy too. We all get passionate about football. No doubt. But at the end of the day, it is just a game. And not that there's any good reason at all to threaten someone, but threatening someone over a game, over a sport, has to be one of the dumbest, dumbest, dumbest reasons to do so. And if you threaten anyone based off of a something that happens in a football game, whether it's a player Scotty Lysette on social media, the uh, Port Adelaide Ruckman, after the dangerous sling tackle that he did in the showdown, uh, posted uh, some threatening messages that he got uh, from, social, uh, from, from users on social media. And I, I, I have to warn you that if you are going to go and take a look at it, dear listener, it p- could be potentially triggering. Um, so just warning you. Um, but it's just absolutely abysmal. And no one, no one deserves to have death threats or, 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 or insults hurled at them on social media, in person, it doesn't matter, all right? And if you're somebody who does that, you need to reevaluate your life. Treat others the way you want to be treated, Casper. It's, always, it's been an adage I've been brought up with and uh, it's an adage I live by, so... Pull your head in, people. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and just on the uh, Daniel Rioli shy Bolton incident, um, from my perspective, I I get why Rioli and shy Bolton, um, you know, they were according to to the articles that I've seen, they were standing up for uh, for Rioli's girlfriend. And you know, in my opinion, that's all well and good. But MVD, I do want to ask you a quick question. I've seen some fans on social media saying that they shouldn't even be at a nightclub during the home and away season, during the, uh, during the season, they shouldn't be at a nightclub. In your opinion, is it okay for players to be at a nightclub where there's alcohol, where a situation like this could, uh, could develop? 
during the uh, during the season. My first thought is no. I don't. I mean, yes, they are. Yes, they are people, and yes, you can have incidents in anywhere. But at the same, yes, you are a human being. But you're also, as you mentioned earlier, Casper, you're in the public eye. People are going to look at you and start targeting you for any little thing. So, in my opinion, do yourself a favour. Stick yourself. Keep yourself out of harm's way. Have a drink at home. Catch up with mates at home. It's not that hard. Precisely. Well done. I, I, I agree with you with that one. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe I'm a tiny bit more lenient on, on players going out and having fun. But at the same time, people need to recognise that clubs are places where alcohol is involved and where fights can break out. Um, and for those listening, I am not saying that you know people shouldn't go to nightclubs or you know should expect that sexual assault or sexual misconduct may happen at nightclubs excuse the siren going past my uh, going past my flat uh i absolutely not saying that and the person who made the inappropriate comment allegedly against uh rioli's girlfriend should have the book thrown at them um uh, but that being said that being said i'm talking about violence and nightclubs are a place where violence can take place. And so I'm just saying, maybe they need to be a little bit smarter. MVP. On to the... Uh, on to I, the I agree. Casper. Uh, yes. Casper, I, I just before we leave it, I just do want to say, I, I'm not against guys having fun, not against the, the, the blokes having a bit of a... I think you need to do it in a safe, uh, safe place. And clearly, um, I, nightclubs are probably not the best, best of spots to be doing that. Yep, well said. Uh, on to the second part of the episode, dear listener, where we discuss the major talking points that come out of the weekend. And MBD, I want to start with this. I touched upon the blues before, but I just want to ask you, about Carlton and their continued failure to beat top eight contenders. It happened again on the weekend. We saw them lose to Richmond in the same way. We saw them lose to Port Adelaide in the same way, Brisbane in the same way, and now the Bulldogs. They keep, they keep losing to these teams that they need to beat if they want to prove that they can be in finals football. And MVD, I just want to ask you, why do you think Carlton can't beat or seemingly can't beat these really good teams are we still at the point where we we're saying that the young and they're learning and have they have they turned that corner yet i think if you're david teague you're probably still saying that I, I I still don't think they're the complete package, to be honest. I think they're missing a player here, a player there. Uh, I think they're there's still a difference between their their best and their last, uh, their best and their worst. And look, you've got players that are coming off shortened seasons last year, players that are uh, finding different ways about going thing going with things as well. They're still learning a lot in regards to this. They don't have, like, yeah, the Mark Murphys, 
Yes, you've got Yeti bets. But to be perfectly honest, if they're still playing, it means that there's no one else ready to come in. So therefore, I think they're, they're still probably... They're, look, they're probably going to finish in that 9 to 12, 13 sort of bracket, um, which means they're not far away. But that's true. They're not far away. They're not ready to make that step yet. Yep. Look, I totally agree with you. I think that perhaps we were all a bit guilty of uh, rating Carlton just a tiny bit too highly at this stage in their development. Because truth be told, they showed nothing last year to, to prove that they were ready to take that next step. Because again, last year, and it's a problem that has raised its ugly head once again in 2021, they cannot play four quarters of football, four quarters of consistent, great, high-level footy. They, uh, they, they, they push Richmond all the way in round one before fading late. That first half against Collingwood in round two wasn't great, especially with how Collingwood has been since then. They played three great quarters against Brisbane, Port Adelaide, and the Bulldogs, and it was just one quarter or, or quarter and a half of football, whatever it may have been, that just that just took the game away from them. And good teams play four quarters of football. We've seen the Dogs do it this year. We've seen Melbourne do it this year. We've seen Brisbane do it over the last four weeks. We saw Sydney do it earlier in the year against Brisbane and against Richmond. And that's why those teams are where they are on the ladder. And the fact that Carlton can't perform four quarters of football is the reason why they are where they are on the ladder. Now, do I think that there'll be a bottom six team by the end of the year? Probably not. But Carlton, I think they are at a stage as a club where they have left the hellish zone of the bottom six and now are firmly entrenched in purgatory, to use religious symbolism. The mediocre middle six, that is exactly where Carlton are at at the moment, I think. And as a Carlton, if I'm a Carlton supporter, I would be tearing my hair out, thinking, what the hell is going on? Why, why can't we fix these mistakes? I mean, it's three great quarters of football undone by not playing 20 minutes, and I don't know what they have to do. I don't know what David Teague has to do, but he has to do something other than saying in his press conferences, oh, yeah, you know, we're, we're developing, you know, we're getting there and all that. You're not supposed to be developing and getting there, right? You're supposed to be challenging this year. And at the moment, they're not. Now, MVD, I just want to ask you about uh, Port Adelaide. Uh, they were told by the league that they would have four points deducted from the showdown if they won it, if they wore their prison bar jumper. Now, in case, dear listener, you're not up to scratch on what's been happening, basically, Port Adelaide and Collingwood, or more specifically... Where have uh, they been living for the last two weeks? Yeah, exactly. Koshi and uh, Eddie Maguire have been at each other's throats, basically, over the Port Adelaide jumper. Now, from what I understand, there was a contract signed between the two clubs allowing Port to wear the jumper for last year's showdown because it was their 150th year and it was the only showdown of the year and it was a Port Adelaide home game. That's why they wore the jumper. 
So Port Adelaide win the showdown this past weekend in their normal jumper with the, uh, with the V, go off. And when they sing the song in the rooms and when they pose for the photo with the trophy, they're in their prison bar jumper. And of course, Eddie Maguire took the bait, which of course meant that David Koch then took the bait. MVD, I just want to ask you, where do you stand on this whole jumper debate situation between Port and Collingwood? You know what? If it's that, if it means that much to them, let them wear it. I'm not too fussed. I think it doesn't really affect me, to be perfectly honest. They can wear it. And while we're at it, um, while we're at it, we need to just. Alternate strip, to be perfectly honest. I think we just play fair. I'm not too, to be honest, I'm looking at it going, water off a duck's back. What about you? I fully agree with you there, MVD. Look, to be honest with you, right? Collingwood, why don't you complain about North Melbourne's jumper? Geez, talk about a jumper clash. Just swap the blue out for black and it's the exact same jumper. When I was younger, right, when I was younger, when I first started following football in 2009, I remember getting my first ever footy almanac, 2009, and I thought that there were two Collingwood players on the front because I thought that Brent Harvey was a Collingwood player. That's how similar their jumpers are. Why don't you complain about North Melbourne? Honestly. If, if this football, I don't know why Collingwood are so obsessive with this. I really don't, because it's not your club's history that's being represented by Port Adelaide wearing that jumper. It's their club's history. Now, I would understand, kind of, Collingwood's position if it was Port Adelaide wanting to wear the jumper every single game, right? That I understand. But from what I understand, it's just the showdowns. Let them wear the jumpers in the showdowns. And in terms of Collingwood getting a clash jumper MVD, I fully agree with you. Collingwood, bring back, it was a terrible jumper, but at least it was different. Bring back like the barcode magpie that you had sometime in the late 90s, mid to late 90s. I think it was for a preseason. Bring that back. At least that's creative. At least that's different. And, you know, and, and people may bag on different clubs for having, you know, clash jumpers that don't look great and whatever, but at least they try. Like what does Collingwood do? Oh, swap the black, you know, swap the black and the white around. Wow, that's a massive difference. Jeez Louise. Anyways, that's my opinion on it, MVD. On to the next section, the uh, next question here, MVD, to come out of the weekend. We've talked about Geelong. I've talked about Geelong a lot so far this season, and I am nearly there, nearly there in being uh, a believer in Geelong this season. However, I'm not quite there yet, and I'll tell you why, MVD. Is it right? I'll start off with this section. I am not quite there yet on Geelong because they haven't played consistent great football this year. They demolished the Eagles and then followed that up with choking a 29-point lead away against the Sydney Swans. They demolished Richmond. 
And they have a golden opportunity to follow that win against Richmond up by absolutely hammering the Saints. They have a great opportunity here, Geelong, to prove that they can play consistent, good football on a week-to-week -week basis. But until I, until I see them do that, I can't, I can't quite pin them as a top, eight, a, a top four team just yet. MVD. But my question for you is, can Geelong actually play can the, the uh, consistent footy at the high standard that they showed against Richmond? If they play like they played for those last three quarters on Saturday, uh, Friday night, then they will win the flag hands down, no qualms about it. That was just fantastic to watch and really good. But, I mean, they're still taking a bit to get used to. You'd think with the likes of Sean Higgins, Isaac Smith, Jeremy Cameron, um, Gary Rowan up there. You reckon they'd be doing all right. But I tell you what, they'd they'd want to start winning. Uh, they'd want to start playing a bit more like it than than not. Start getting frustrated in, in regards to it. So uh, we wait to see. They can they can do it. We can see that they can do it. Um, and if they can, they sh they should be premiership favourites. Wow, big call. Should be premiership favourites. I agree with you though on that. That 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 second half was irresistible. It could beat anyone on their day. That second half. If it was Geelong of now versus Geelong during their, their three flags and five years team, if they can play at a level like that last two, like that last uh, half against Richmond, against that team from that dynasty of theirs, the team today could easily beat that old team from uh, that old Cats team without a doubt, without an absolute shadow of a doubt. On to the last question of this segment, dear listener, we've discussed Port and their jumper. We've discussed Geelong and their consistency or lack thereof. And we've discussed Carlton's consistency at not being able to be good enough to compete for finals football. My final question for you, MVD, for this section is, can Brisbane, or rather should Brisbane, be considered back in the premiership race just yet. A month doesn't make a, a season, but I tell you what, it goes a long way to uh, to that flag. And they're now sitting in fifth position, five and three. I think when we last spoke, uh, they were what one and three after the after the first month of the season. Uh, I think the Joe Danaher uh, is starting to work up there. It's, starting to seem like it's moving along. Apologies to you and all your Essendon mates. Um, but I think right. that uh, Brisbane are getting there and they're finding the way. They are finding ways of getting it. Um, so hopefully, um, I, I, I like what they're doing. They're gonna, they, they should have beaten Fremantle by more, um, let's be honest. But uh, yeah, it's going to be... Uh, going to be interesting to see, and, and I hope that we get to see them play deep into uh, September this year. A month doesn't make a season, 
That is very true indeed. However, Brisbane in the last month, I think they are starting to show the type of form that they had in 2019 and 2020. Demolished Essendon, a solid win against Carlton in Melbourne, demolished Port Adelaide at the Gabba, and won comfortably against Fremantle in a game that your right MVD should have been won by a lot more. A little bit of a missed opportunity for a percentage boost. They play Gold Coast, then a wounded Richmond, still licking its wounds from an average start to the year at the Gabba. They then play the Giants at the Gabba, and the Giants have been all right, but don't know if they're a top eight team just yet, before they play Melbourne in, uh, in the NT. Now, looking at all those games, Gold Coast, Richmond, GWS, I think that they should be favorites in all three of those matches. And if they do indeed win those three matches, that is, just calculating here, eight wins and three losses to start the season. And that is a fantastic launching pad for a bid for the top four this season. It all depends on the next three games. They should beat Gold Coast and they should beat the Giants. I reckon it'll come down to round 10, beat Richmond again at the Gabba, just like they did in last year's qualifying final. Then I'll believe that they are ready to once again make the top four. On to the final section of this podcast episode, ladies and gentlemen, dear listeners. We are into round nine. Can you believe it? It's been such a fast season so far. It feels like just yesterday, I was at Marvel Stadium in round one, watching Essendon give up a 40-point lead against your Hawks, MVD. Absolutely horrible night that was. Uh, <laughs> but moving on to round nine, let's start with... Thanks Friday. for bringing it up again. Yeah, you're welcome. Been you're, good welcome. you're welcome, Hawthorne listeners. You're welcome. On to Friday night football. Bizarrely, don't know why the AFL chose this particular game to start off the weekend, but they have. St. Kilda versus Geelong at Marvel Stadium. MVD, can the Saints win three in a row? Or can the Cats finally be consistent? Well, that's the big question, isn't it? Can the Cats be consistent? Can the Saints be consistent? Like, the Saints... uh... couple of weeks i mean they can we what are we going to see on friday night um yeah it's going to be an interesting one I just, it should be a tight one I, I, i'm backing geelong should get this one um for no other reason than that what they did on the weekend but it is at marvel stadium so will that be a uh will that be because we know st kilda likes playing there does geelong like playing there eh, i don't think they're such a big fan of it so i don't know it's going to be interesting. Geelong should get up, though. Geelong should absolutely get up. And you talked about the Saints at Marvel Stadium. They did comfortably beat Hawthorne there earlier this year and had that stirring victory against the Eagles in round three as well at that ground. But let's not forget 
how Essendon demolished them, eviscerated them at Marvel Stadium, that same ground, only a few weeks ago. And then a couple weeks after that, Richmond did the same thing, but even worse. So the Saints, I feel like this year at Marvel Stadium, their form has been the textbook definition of meh, couple of great wins and a couple of woeful losses. So heading into this one, I feel like it's, I don't feel like this is a danger game for Geelong. This is a game that they should win and win fairly comfortably, MVD. I'm going with the Cats here and go with the Cats by 31 points. Would I be surprised if it's more than that? No. Would I be surprised if it's a close game? Yes, because I think Geelong are miles ahead of where the Saints are. On to Saturday football. The Swans versus the Magpies at the SCG. MVD is the Battle of the Birds. And if it's all right, I'm going to start off with this one. The Swans, I think, are going to win. They're going to win by about 21 points. Would I be surprised if it's more? Absolutely not. Would I be surprised if Collingwood win? Yes, yes, I would. Sydney, I think, with Collingwood's injuries and with coming off a, a tough loss against Melbourne, and a tough four weeks, really, with the exception of that last quarter against Geelong. It's been a tough month for the Swans. But they're back at home, and they're finally starting to get a decent record at their home ground once again. They've played four games there this year so far, I believe, by memory. Yes, they've played four games so far at the SCG in 2021. And they have won all but one of them. And the one they lost was by two points. So it's a toss-up. For me, I'm looking at this game and I'm thinking, Buddy could tear this apart. The young, small forwards at the Swans could tear this apart. Patley could tear this apart. I'm looking at Collingwood. I can't see a single player that can tear this game apart for Collingwood. So I think the Swans are going to win. Need to ask you a question though, mate, quickly before we get onto a tip, my tip for this. Had have, have had the question asked to me during the week. Is Sydney your favorite is Sydney your number one team or is Essen your number one team? Bombers are number one, Swans are number two. I support Essendon all the time, and I support Sydney all the time, except when they play Essendon. Right. Okay. Just clarifying that for, for all the listeners in that respect anyway. Now, Sydney will win this one and they should win it pretty comfortably. Interesting to hear all the comments on uh, radio and all, and the like. Collingwood, play more down back. Play Dugowie up forward. Rah, rah, rah. They're, they're all what we are at the moment. I think it's going to be a nice uh, nice race between Collingwood, Hawthorne and North Melbourne to see who wins the wooden spoon this year. Uh, Sydney for mine. Should be a win for the red and white there over the red and black. Down to Launceston. Second week in a row, North Melbourne are involved in a battle between... You mean the black and white? Ugh, black and white. God, sorry. You got me thinking about Essendon and Sydney and VD. It's been a, it's been a long semester, right? At university, it's been a long semester before you judge me too hard. Uh, Hawks versus... It's been a long day today. Don't worry about it. Thank you. 
North versus Hawthorne down in Launceston. Second week in a row, North Melbourne have been involved in a battle between 17th and 18th last weekend. Didn't go so well for the Kangaroos. MVD, I'm going to start off with you on this one. Can your Hawks win their third game of the season or will North Melbourne finally, finally win their first game since about round 13 last year? Well, it's Tassie, which is good for us. Uh, we don't lose down Tassie all that often. Um, we even came from behind to beat Adelaide, so that was pretty good. I would like to think so. We'll probably see, hopefully, see um, Will Day coming back soon. Uh, there's a couple of others that hopefully we'll get to get a look at and get to see soon as well. So, um, yeah, I, I can't. It'll be interesting to see what happens, but I'm hoping that we uh, we get the third win on the board. MVD, I was very tempted to tip North Melbourne in this game. I was very tempted. Yeah, right. But I can't trust them. I cannot. I wouldn't be surprised. Hey. I wouldn't be shocked either, which is why I'm tipping the Hawks to win, but only by seven points. Hawthorne can't win convincingly. I don't think anyone would be, to be perfectly honest. Hawthorne can't win convincingly this season. North Melbourne can't win at all. So who's going to win? Probably the team that's going to win by the barest of margins possible. And they could very well be Hawthorne. It could be another one-point win for the Hawks. I think it would be a little bit more than that. Hawks by seven points. Hawthorne have it Oh, yeah, round one. Just like round one. On to the... Sorry. Gold Coast Suns. That's all right, MVP. I think Hawthorne's two wins this year have been by one and by two, by one and three points. How about that? Just absolutely incredible. For your Swans, fellow Swan supporters out there, consider this. Hawthorne's combined winning margins this year equals our winning margin in the 2005 Grand Final. Nice little memory for you little Swan supporters out there. You're welcome. On to the Q Clash. Saturday Twilight Football. Gold Coast versus Brisbane at Metricon Stadium. I'll start off with this one, MVD, if that's all right. Lions by 25 points. I thought the Suns were really disappointing on the weekend. They narrowly missed out on being in my top two lowlights of the weekend. If it wasn't for really Rioli, they would have made it into second place. I think that Brisbane are light years ahead of the Suns, even though Gold Coast aren't bad. I still think that Brisbane are a premiership contender. Gold Coast probably won't even challenge for finals this, excuse me, finals this year. And that's why the Lions are going to win by 25 points. Can I just firstly have a crack at these these big showdowns, Q clashes, derbies? Why are they played at obscure times? Why can't they play them prime time? I don't get it. Why can't we see a, uh, an Adelaide-Port Adelaide showdown on Friday night football? Why can't we see a Q Saturday night football. Why do we have to have them in twilight time slots that are just stupidly put there because we need to try and make sure that games don't over... Uh, rant over. It's going to win this and... Interesting point you make there, MVD. It's interesting because I always see WA football supporters always begging the AFL to put the Western Derby not on the Sunday. 
It's been played on Sunday for as long as I can remember. I honestly think the last time that it wasn't played on Sunday was probably 2019. Before that was probably 2016. They didn't normally play them on Sunday, normally the last game of the round, probably because of the time difference. But honestly, why don't they play the Derby on a, on a Saturday night? And I would love to see a Friday night showdown. Honestly, it would be compelling football, even if the Crows aren't up to scratch in terms of uh, closeness with the power just yet. Fully agree with you on that one, MVD. On to this game at Marvel. Agree. Marvel Stadium, MVD. Very interesting. The first time that Richmond and GWS will meet under the roof at Docklands. Uh, I'll let you start off with this one, MVD. Can the Tigers rebound or will the Giants' good form continue? They've won four out of their last five GWS. Will they make it five out of their last six? Uh, I'd, ex- I'd expect Richmond to rebound and rebound hard here. I can't see... I'm not, I'm not bullish on the Giants at all, to be perfectly honest. Um, I don't think they're anywhere near finals contenders they're just in the plot they've got so many injuries it's not funny um richmond's are pains me to say it, but richmond are a strong team they should bounce back and bounce back hard here i'm going for the upset i'm going for the upset i do a tipping competition against my dad and he is absolutely crushing it this year so far i think he's like eight ahead and in order for me to get back, I'm going to have to tip a couple of out there. Gee. This is my out there tip for the weekend. The Giants are going to beat Richmond. Richmond are battered. Richmond are bruised. If this game was at the MCG, I would tip the Tigers in a heartbeat. But it's at Marvel Stadium, a game where these two teams have never, uh, a stadium where these two teams have never met before. So I think this game is going to be a danger game for the Tigers, and I think the Giants are going to win by three goals. Would I be surprised if I'm wrong? No, of course not. I've been wrong a lot of times before in the past, including on this podcast and especially so far this season. So if you're doing tipping, dear listener, don't listen to what I say. Do the exact opposite. On to Saturday night football from the Adelaide Oval, Port Adelaide versus the Western Bulldogs. Uh, MVD, I'll start off with this one if that's all right. This game is going to be awesome. It's going to be low scoring. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be tight. And I think it's going to be a Port Adelaide victory. Away from home, the power cannot beat fellow premiership contenders. But at home, they have no problems against them at all, which is why I think they're going to beat the Dogs. The Dogs, we haven't really seen them travel yet so far this year. So you're back with us. I am. What was the last thing you heard? Casper. You're back. I am. What was the last thing you heard, MVD? I heard you throw to the Port Adelaide Western Bulldogs game and uh, saying that it was going to be an absolute ripper. So. Right. Okay. Thank you. I'll pick up from there if that's all right. Uh, dear listener, Australian Wi-Fi. If you're in Australia, you understand the pain. Anyways, onto this game, Saturday Night Football. It's going to be a beauty, power versus the dogs. This game is going to be awesome. It's going to be 
essential viewing, even if you're a Richmond and Giant supporter and your teams are playing at the same time, watch the dog's power game on your phone. I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be a Port Adelaide victory in a thriller. Away from the Adelaide Oval, the power do not play well against Premiership contenders. We saw that against the Eagles in Perth when they got smashed. We've seen that a couple of years in a row against the Lions at the Gabba. But at the Adelaide Oval, the power do pretty well against Premiership contenders, which is why I think that they're going to win this game in a thriller by a goal. It's going to be a great game. It's going to come after the siren and it's going to be kicked by big Charlie Dixon. Well, Port Adelaide uh, without Scott Lysett, who copped four weeks at the tribunal uh, throughout the week. So that's going to be a massive out for Port Adelaide. I do think they can cover him, though, because uh, I think they and I think they will win this one. Although uh, had word through from Alex Keith uh, throughout the week, uh, Shepton boy, uh, he's he's been enjoying his time this year at the dog, at the kennel. Uh, so and been very miserly at that time too. So whether he goes to Charlie Dixon or not, we'll see what happens there. But I think Port Adelaide will win it just purely because it's Adelaide, in Adelaide uh, and they're doing a very good job there. MVD, I want to ask you a question. The Scott Lysett incident got four weeks for that. Jeremy Finlayson incident on Zach Merritt only got one week. Should Jeremy Finlayson have been given more? How many did he get? I didn't hear. Sorry. One week. Yeah, okay. That's uh, surprising. I didn't see the Lyset one, I'll be honest. Uh, saw stills of the, uh, the Finlayson one. So um, I thought Finlayson to get one week was very lucky, to be honest. Yep, I would absolutely agree with that one. Uh, and look, maybe I'm a little bit of a biased Essendon supporter, but I'd be saying the exact same thing if Scott Lysette did that to anyone else. Speaking of the Bombers, on to Sunday No, you wouldn't football. be biased at all. No, not, not biased. If you've listened to this, this podcast before, you know that I'm not biased. Speaking of not being biased, I'm tipping Essendon to beat Fremantle at Marvel Stadium on Sunday afternoon football simply because of this. The Bombers and the Dockers have met at the Colonial Stadium, Teltra Dome, Etihad Stadium, Marvel Stadium, whatever you want to call it, I believe 13 times over the course of the stadium's history. Fremantle has beaten Essendon at that ground once, and that was back in 2010. Even when Essendon were mediocre, they could always count on beating Fremantle at Marvel Stadium and Essendon this year are mediocre, which is why they're going to beat the Dockers, especially if Nat Five can't kick straight. I love Five, he's one of my favorite players in the league, and I honestly think he's one of the greatest players to ever play the game. But by goodness, he's got to kick straight like it's ridiculous how many behinds he's had. I don't know the number, but it's absolutely astronomical compared to the number of goals he's had this year. If he can't kick straight, because you know the Dockers are going to constantly go to him. If he can't kick straight, then Essendon is going to win easily. 
I don't think it'll be an easy win. I think it'll be kind of close, but the bomb is to pull away late, just like Anzac Day, Essendon by 20 points. Yeah, I'm with you there. Essendon win. David Mundy just have 35 plus. And win the Brownlow. Oh, I'd love to see Mundy win the Brownlow. Oh, God, that would be fantastic. All he needs after that is a premiership medal, and then he would be one of the most loved players of all time. Easily. On to uh, the Melbourne Melbourne versus Carlton game, MVD. Uh, At the MCG, who are you tipping in this one? Um, Melbourne. Uh, I, I, like I said earlier about Carlton, I just don't think they're... Uh, I th- as much as some Carlton supporters are going to hate me for saying this, they need to be patient. They're not being patient enough in this respect. They just want results. They're very uh, Generation Z sort of culture at this point. Or No, not Gen Z. What's the, uh, what's the next one? The Millennials? They want everything and they want it all now. Like, seriously. Um, Rich uh, Carlton are doing are doing well. They're doing better than what they have, but they're going to come up against a strong, strong Melbourne side on the weekend, and then possibly Melbourne are going to go to nine and zero, which would be a record for them. Because I found what I was trying to find earlier. It was back in 1965 that they started the year uh, eight and zero. So it was 1965, and if I'm not mistaken, that is when they won. I'm not mistaken in that respect. It is close. No, that was not between. It was not between those two sides either. Mel, I started. They started the year, and then they John uh, Kale. If I in that. Norm Smith was the guy that uh, Norm Smith the uh, I uh, Melbourne will win. I don't know about you, MVD, but I'm I'm thinking that the reason why, dear listener, that the uh, connection is so bad on my side is that it's uh, currently very windy outside very very windy very very wet and i wonder if that's that's impacting uh impacting the this is absolutely ridiculous i'm going to tear my own eyes out anyways not to be too over dramatic uh let's get this last game done so you can do it and go from there wait wait no no i got i gotta i gotta get my tip gotta get my tip for melbourne carlson i'm tipping the demons to win should be easy. 9-0 Melbourne fans. It's almost there. It's almost there. You can taste it. Okay. On to the last game of the weekend. It's the Eagles versus the Crows in WA. MVD, this is the easiest game of the weekend to tip. I'm tipping West Coast by 63 points. Yeah, West Coast will win this one and win this one pretty comfortably, I would have thought. So, um, yep. Go West Coast. They should beat Adelaide at home. 
should be an easy win for the Eagles. Now, NVD, dear listener, we do ask at the end of the segment, we do ask what your uh, what which game you're most looking forward to and why, and which game do you think is going to be the biggest blowout of the round and why? NVD, what are your answers? Uh, game I'm looking forward to is Hawthorne, North Melbourne, just to see if Hawthorne can actually North Melbourne could win a game too. Um, that's a little bit facetious of me, I know. I apologise to those North Melbourne listeners, of which I have a few friends that are North Melbourne <laughs> fans. So uh, let's find let's find another game out. Uh, let's pick out. I'm looking forward to the dogs uh, the dogs power game. That's going to be an absolute ripper uh, in that respect uh, as well. Um, and the Q clash, I think that's going to be a good one too. I think the blowout could be in uh, the Sydney Collingwood game, to be perfectly honest. Or even, like you said, because they haven't played and they don't play there very often, but Essendon just find a way to win all the time, that one could be a very interesting clash to the Essendon-Fremantle game. So have I given given you nine games there, Casper? (laughs) You have indeed, MVD. I agree with you uh, on Hawthorne North Melbourne. Could potentially be a very interesting game, as uh, as potentially could be Essendon versus Fremantle. Last two times that they've played at Marvel Stadium, the Bombers have won, but only just seven points in 2019, six points in 2020, which of course means that this game is going to be decided by five points. It's just natural. It's just mathematics, just the way that... <laughs> That's just the way the universe is intending it. I'm tipping my favorite game of the weekend is going to be the Dogs versus Port Adelaide. Two top four contenders going at it Saturday night football. Yes, mate. I am 100% there for it. And the game, which I think is going to be the biggest blowout, it has to be West Coast versus Adelaide. It has to be. The Eagles are still recovering percentage points lost against Geelong when they lost by nearly 100 points. They had a big win against Fremantle, still playing catch-up. They'll get another percentage boost against the Crows. Thank you, MVD, for joining me. I wish your Hawks well for Saturday afternoon. Should be an interesting game down in Tassie. Thanks, mate. Uh, And quite possibly that could turn out to be uh, an interesting game too, like I said, uh, off the top. It could be fascinating to see what happens there, but... um... Yeah, should be a great round of football as per always, mate. Indeed. And thank you, dear listener, for not only listening to this episode, but bearing with us while we've uh, encountered some technical difficulties. We appreciate your support. If you've listened all the way through, thank you very much. And until next time, join me next week, I should say. Join me next week uh, where me and another co-host, maybe it'll be NVD, maybe it'll be someone else, I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. You've got to join in next week to find out. We'll discuss all the talking points that come out of round nine and preview round 10. Can you believe it? We've almost reached the double digits. Until then, sayonara. Sayonara.